This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Tim Blake, the sales manager, and Willie Downs, the director of marketing and communications for Atlas Spas and Swim Spas down in East Texas, right? That's yes, correct. ma'am. All right. I'm really glad to have them on the show today. I was saying to them earlier, for as long as they've been in the hot tub business and for as much as they do in the hot tub business, it's a little embarrassing how little we've talked to them. So I'm glad that we have them on today to learn about the history of their company and what all they have going on down there in East Texas. So thanks for joining me, guys. Glad to be here. Absolutely. You guys do a lot of different things. And I feel like I've always known you as Atlas Building Systems. And then when I logged on the other day, I was like, oh, we're Atlas Spas and Swim Spas now. (laughs) That's correct. So yeah, so the parent company is Atlas Building Systems, Inc. And then we have two sides of our company. So we've got the Atlas Backyard Sheds, which uh, Willie can give the history on that and how the company started. And then we have the spa division and swim spa division, which is Atlas Spas and Swim Spas. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but we became an authorized dealer with Master Spas back in 2011. We'd been selling hot tubs a few years before that, but it really started ramping up at that point. Willie, was it your dad or your grandpa who originally started the company? How many generations do we go back? Yes, ma'am. So it was uh, them together. Um, So it was my grandpa. My dad was, what, 14, 15 years old at the time when they really got their start. That was back in 1981. The company started off as a construction company building storage buildings. And over the years, they started doing decks and fences and patio covers and different projects like that. And then up until uh, around the 2010, 2011 timeframe is, like you said, when we started doing hot tubs and we do above ground pools and things like that as well. So Tim, when did you end up in the hot tub business? I started about 21 years ago. I've always sold Master Spas brand of hot tubs. I was introduced by a, a family friend to one of the factory reps at Master Spas. And then I moved out to Michigan and started my spa ventures out there. Back then, Texas was a wide open market for Master Spas. And so I ended up moving down to Texas. Then in 2011, I got a call from Willie's dad, William, and they were doing the Texas State Fair. They had already been selling a couple other brands of hot tubs and they had reached out to me and said, Hey, do you know of anybody that would be interested in working the Texas state fair? Again, that was in 2011. I said, uh, yeah, I I would be interested in running that for you. I said, but the only problem is I only sell master spas. His dad agreed to allow us to bring in one swim spa and a couple of the hot tubs and the rest of the whole fair booth was these other brands Uh and by the end of the uh uh fair the majority of everything that we sold was the master spa product so he said wow he goes i think you've got something there and then he said i'd like to hire you full time and i said well that's good i only sell master spas and we ended up being exclusive with master spas there moving forward and then we've just really had a great partnership william downs runs a very 
very good operation and uh, I was glad to be a part of the family and that's what it's become over the last 10, 11 years. It's been, been a neat little family to be a part of. So, so Tim, you, they kind of sucked you in right from the beginning then. So you, (laughs) they started with a master's boss in 2011 and that's when you started and still, still going strong. Yep. Yep. We've grown by leaps and bounds for sure. Yeah. When the business first started, like you said, Willie, you were doing construction and the outdoor buildings and grew into doing more backyard construction and then hot tubs come in as a natural extension of that. When did you guys make the decision to break it out into its own separate company and become Atlas Spas and Swim Spas instead of going by the original name? For a while, we were operating under a name, a a DBA that we're operating under atlas buildings pools and spas and uh, we were selling everything in 2016 we decided we're starting to do a lot more on the hot tub side we were starting to do more shows and we had our showroom we really wanted to try to reach that customer base better one of the the big things that we decided to do to to help with that is to break the company into two brands so atlas backyard sheds would focus on primarily the construction and Atlas Spas and Swim Spas would solely focus on the hot tubs and swim spas side of things. And that would allow us to not only to market better to them, directly to them, um, mm-hmm. but also to service that side of the company better. Because really they're, for the most part, they're two separate groups of customers. They're yeah. two different demographics. And so that that's really helped us, I think, since doing that. It has really helped us to grow the company. There is a lot of overlap. It's not uncommon for us to sell a hot tub and to sell a a deck or something at the same time or a patio cover. So there is some definite overlap between the two, but having two separate brands has uh, definitely helped us to to grow by keeping things a little bit more separate. I mean, we talk about in this industry all the time, like you have to look like you're quote unquote in the business, right? To really sell hot tubs. And part of that probably does extend all the way to the marketing and the name and all of that. Sometimes I look at businesses and I'm like, I would have no idea that you sold hot tubs if I just looked you up online. (laughs) So it seems like it was probably a really smart move to break them up. So I wish you guys could see because Tim is sitting in this beautiful showroom. You can see in the background, do you have hot tub specific showrooms? And then do you have hot tubs at some of your other locations, or is it really completely separate at this point? We keep a lot of it separate. So we have at some of our other locations that are what we call our building locations or construction locations, we have supplies. So we'll have filters, chemicals, different things that customers could pick up because we do have multiple locations. Uh, So that makes it easier for our customers to get the supplies that they're looking for. But primarily we have the hot tubs and swim spas uh, at our Plano location. And then uh, we just opened up our newest location in Tyler, which was a kind of a mega store. It's 16,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. So we've got a huge display in that location. Um, And now we have just uh, recently taken over the uh, uh, Waco in Austin and West Texas market. Oh, that's exciting. We are still growing. And so we just opened up a new location in Waco. Wow. Congratulations. That's That's news to me. When did that happen? In the last week and a half. Okay. Yeah. So pretty (laughs) recent then. That's awesome. I knew that that, um, that area had been open for a little bit for master spas. Although 
Texas is a very large state and that is a pretty like, you know, you're not like 30 minutes down the road. Even Tyler to Plano is a little bit of a hike. Yeah. Drive that every week. So, yes. Uh Uh, But yeah, it's a little bit of a hike. But what's nice is so that way we can we cover a very large area between where our store locations are and then where we do events. We just tried to make it easier for customers for after sale to where they can get, like I said, the supplies or different things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. That's exciting. Three, three locations. I'd like to hear a little bit more about just how the business initially got off the ground. Was your grandpa, like, had he done construction previously? What made them say, let's add hot tubs to the mix? (laughs) Cause that, cause like you said, it makes sense to put a hot tub under whatever in your backyard, if they're working in a backyard project, but you are going from construction to retail, right? Like it's, it is a little, it's a little different world. So we're talking, the company started in 1981. So what is that? 43, over 43 years ago. And so at that time, when my grandpa was part of it, it was solely sheds. And of course, he didn't come from a construction background. My dad can tell that story a lot better than I can. But it just was a natural progression because as the company grew and as we started with the sheds and and like I said, grew into the other different backyard outdoor living type products, it was only natural to to make that transition into hot tubs to offer customers a way to relax in their backyard. Um, we're already building them decks and patio covers and, and arbors and all this stuff to make their backyard nice and relaxing and pretty. Why not add a hot tub or a swim spa back there as well? I do love to when, for a lot of hot tub retailers, they start in retail, right? So they start selling hot tubs and then they add other backyard products. I always think it's great when a company starts in construction and then moves into retail because you are in the rare position as a hot tub retailer to be able to give them everything, right? Not very many people can offer that kind of turnkey experience where it's actually, if you really want us to, we can pour your pad, we can deliver the hot tub. We can build everything around to give you this beautiful backyard. And I think that's got to be like such a great selling point for people. Cause I personally, the least amount of like work and brain power I have to put into things these days, the better. <laughs> um, and so if someone's like, no, I can do all of that for you. I'm like, do it. That's I'm done. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> that, that's one of the nice things I think that makes us a little unique from a lot of different dealers is we just don't sell spas or swim spas. And it can be a little daunting for a customer, especially if they've never owned one before. They have a a blank slate backyard and they're wanting to do something. And so we can come in and give suggestions of everything they would like to do in the backyard. So instead of dealing with multiple different contractors, they can deal with just our company. And we're price comparative to pretty much anywhere else in our area for these services. So it just makes sense for them to deal with one company. And I think that also helps the sale portion of it too, because you get a lot of people say, Hey, man, I would love to do a hot tub or I'd love to do a swim spa, but we've got so much other work in the backyard. We'd like to do. We want to find out what that overall price or package is going to look like before we can make a commitment and we can sit down and really go over all that with them and Mm -hmm. allow a customer to feel comfortable about their purchase. Does that also help you guys on the operations side? Because something I hear from retailers often is, 
someone orders a hot tub, they get it in, and then it's months sometimes before they can deliver it because they're doing all of this construction in their backyard. And then it's just sitting there waiting for the customer to take it, which everybody hates, right? <laughs> it, it does. We're able to speed that process up quite a bit. Unfortunately, we're still in the same boat because a lot of people, when they go buy their hot tub, they've already maybe contracted with a different contractor on these other services. And then we have about 40,000 square foot of warehouse space in Ennis, Texas, that is uh, pretty full because if people say, hey, I'll take it in two weeks. And now it's two or three months later and we still have the hot tub. So even though we're a construction company and can speed up the process, we're still feeling that pain too of getting these things out there and delivered. I think this is the one of the one of the reasons why once you're in retail you stay far away from construction is because yeah. there are all those delays that you have no control over like the weather and whatever else may happen it just is what it is. And cuz one of the many reasons why people stay away from it if they don't already have that expertise, right? Tim, what made you you said that Master Spas had some open areas in Texas? which is one of the reasons why you left Michigan, but that's a pretty far move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that like, what, what got you interested in selling hot tubs in Texas? The factory rep that I was, that was one of my mentors said that he really thought that Texas was going to be the next big thing. And so with the other areas that were out there that we could have chose, Texas was probably the best opportunity at that time. Mm-hmm. I'd already moved around quite a bit with a, with a, previous industry that I was in. So I was okay with moving, I guess. So, and going from Michigan where it was extremely cold and then coming to Texas, the winters are a heck of a lot better down here than it is up in Michigan. So that's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I kind of miss the actual winter though. Every once in a while, do you miss the winter or do you have to go back up there sometimes and enjoy that? I'm an Iowa boy, born and raised, so I have no problem missing those winters. <laughs> Devil and snow, and if I don't ever have to pick up a, a shovel or an ice scraper again, Megan, I think I'll be just fine. That is the nice thing. I'm only a couple hours north of you guys, so our weather is pretty similar. But yeah, it's when it does snow, it usually is there for like less than 24 hours. So right. one time I asked my husband, I was like, don't you think you should go like shovel that? And he looked at me like, why? <laughs> and he it'll was be, right. It'll be gone. Yeah, <laughs> he was right. Willie, when did you get officially involved in the business? Were you one of those kids that was like out with dad on the backhoe as he went to jobs and did (laughs) stuff? And were you just always around the business then? Yes. I've always in some way, form or fashion, always been involved. I mean, from an early age, I remember going out and I say an early age in my teenage years, going out with my dad or with my dad and grandpa to, to job sites. And, and then once I was old enough to work, going out there and helping with with whatever really needed to be done. We'd go out and demo buildings and old storage sheds and hide help with deliveries. I say help very loosely. So I was always involved in various ways. And then, oh, I don't know, about 11, 12 years ago, I came on full-time, you know, started off in sales with the building side of things and then moved up the area that I personally enjoy the most is with the marketing and communications. And that's where I've ended up today. Okay. Were you always interested in being involved in the business or when you were a kid, were you like, nah, it's not really, not really for me. Like what I, I, people fall into two, two categories there. (laughs) Early on. No, (laughs) I I had different ideas of what I wanted to do. Like every young person does, but, but honestly, as I've gotten older, I, I think it's a real honor to be able to work alongside 
your parent, like my grandpa, he's, he passed away several years ago and he's been away from the business for some time, but to be able to work with my work with my dad and, and, you know, at one point my brother was here working full time and he's, he's still involved with the business on the small side selling as well. And then I have another brother here that works here at the home office. And so it's definitely a, a family business and mm-hmm. being able to work with family and be up here to be a part of that and, and feel like you're making a difference in some way. It's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, I think that's something that I wish we talked about a little bit more in our industry is just the opportunity that it really is. Because you grow up in a family business, you're a little bit jaded. It doesn't seem like very exciting. You want to go out and do your own thing and all of that. And then I feel like sometimes you do go out and do your real thing and you're like, oh, that was actually pretty great. <laughs> yeah, Like, it's just the things that you don't realize. And then as you get older and have some more life experience and come back into the business. Yeah. You really start to appreciate all the things that you're doing for your customers and your employees and the opportunities that it gives you to try different things. I just think our industry is really cool in that way for a lot of family businesses. I think it takes a minute for the kids to be like, Oh, you know what? This is cool. (laughs) For sure. Yep. How was the pandemic for you guys? Most people, it, it's kind of the same the same story, but I like to ask people about it still and ask them about that time period because one, I think everyone is still getting over the the trauma of how crazy it all was. And yeah. and two, it was just such an unprecedented time for everybody. But for our industry, like it was just so crazy and unlike anything I've obviously ever experienced. What was that like for you guys? And also being in Texas, you probably had a whole different experience than someone who was East or West Coast? Sure, sure. I think at the very beginning, I remember it was it was really scary. We were we were doing an event, um, and when it was all coming down, and we really didn't know what this COVID thing was, and then our basically our show got shut down. Yeah, and then we were told that we were going to have to close the stores, right, and that nobody could come to work. And so we were wondering what the heck we were going to do. And then it ended up, I, I think that really was only a short period of time, though, that yeah. happened. And then everybody realized we have all these pools, we have all these spas, people have to get chemicals to treat it, or then that's going to be another issue. And so we were able to keep the stores open um, to sell uh, chemicals and supplies. And then we really just started to go back into working a little bit harder with our leads and contacting folks and doing virtual appointments. And then people realized they couldn't really travel. And then it was all about making their home, their vacation spot. And when that happened and when that really set in, um, sales went through the roof. It was to the point to where we were selling the items and then inventory was limited, right? Yeah, I remember having a meeting with all of our salespeople and having to share with them, say, okay, guys, we've got to push the brakes a little bit here. This is where we're at. If you sell everything that we have here, you're not going to have anything on display in order to show a customer. And so we really have to be pushing orders. And we even got so bad, Megan, at one point, orders were out, I think, 14 months was yeah. our, our peak time. Yeah. And to sit there and tell a customer, hey, you can put a deposit down. We can put you in the queue and order it, but it's going to be 14 months. That was a little tough to swallow. Was it harder to swallow, do you think, 
for you guys as salespeople or was it harder to swallow for the customers, do you think? I think it was a little both because it was a shock. People weren't used to having to go in there and buying things and not receiving them. I did the same thing when I I bought something from Nebraska Furniture Mart for a game room and Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, you can get it next year. And I'm like, what? So it was a shock to everybody. We went 50 days without a refrigerator because ours died in the middle of all of that. And yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. (laughs) So yes, it it was for both for telling the salespeople that, Hey, instead of three or four months, now you have to tell the customers that we're 14 months Mm -hmm. out on deliveries, but turned people off at the beginning. But then as they went around and started shopping with competitors, they realized that the whole industry's like that. And then they're realizing that it's not just the spa industry. It's everything that's out there. Supply chains are getting affected dramatically. Mm-hmm. And then we had quite a few people come back and purchase. And then you just try to manage customer expectations as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. Cause of- I think that was part of the frustration too, was that manufacturers weren't necessarily prepared for this either. And so these lead times got long and it, it got hard for them to really predict accurately when hot tubs were actually going to be made. Because again, they're dealing with the supply chain issues down the line, right? It's not just, yep. this is how many we can build. It was, these are the materials that we have today. And so, yeah, you could tell a customer one thing and the next day it would change. And, and it wasn't of no fault to you or the manufacturer. It's just what we were dealing with. And that got, that got a little touchy for some people, for sure. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That was definitely a struggle, but we all made it through it. And then again, it was, it's like, we didn't uh, look back. It kept happening. It kept growing. And then luckily with master spas, they foreseen it at some point, and then they were able to acquire enough products and raw Mm -hmm. material and everything. And being that they're based out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, so American made, it was easier to get the parts that we needed for our customers, mm-hmm. which was very helpful. Um, if you've got all the hot tubs and everything that we had in the field and something breaks down and they need a part, we were able to get it, which was really nice. Yeah. And then our lead time started to go back down even when others were quite a ways up. So yeah. we, we were pretty fortunate that way. Yeah, there were really, there were a couple of manufacturers who were really poised to ramp up and Master Spas was one of them, right? Because they had just opened that brand new swim spa facility. And so they already had this added capacity for swim spas, which also freed up capacity for their hot tubs. They are one of the few that kind of was able to ramp up pretty fast. Again, materials, there's not a whole lot you can do about that, but but yeah, they were in a position where they had the space that they could add a second shift and third shift and rock and roll if they could. Yep. Yep. That's what was very helpful for all the dealers with dealing with master spots for sure. So yeah. we, were, we were pretty fortunate. I'm glad that you brought up events because obviously that's a big thing that master spots does for their dealers. It's pretty different than most manufacturers is allowing you guys and setting it up so that you can do those really big events. And that's, the business model for some master spas dealers is really, they do a few events a year and that's their process. That's got to be a gut punch too. You have your sales planned around the big events that you're going to do. And then suddenly, no, you cannot do any events. Was that like a big change in how you guys run your business? Having to go from, like you said, putting on an event that got shut down in the middle of it to having to do everything out of your store? That, that was definitely a, a gut punch for sure. We were shut down from doing shows for, 
gosh, I don't know, probably four months, maybe or so. That's not awful. Four, four I feel to, like it seems like four. It could have been longer. I don't yeah. know really correctly <laughs> on that, but it, it it seemed like an eternity. Let's say that because we were sure. used to doing all the, the shows and events with us as a dealer. Though what was nice is we did we have stores for local, so mm-hmm. we were able to continue to do what we needed to do here. We just had to come up with a different way to bring folks in. And like I said, doing the virtual appointments and really all the follow-up that our sales guys and sales girls did was instrumental in keeping everything going for sure. How many stores did you guys have at the beginning of the pandemic? You have three now, one you just opened like last week. So were you at two stores or did you just have the one? Yeah, we still had the two stores. The Tyler location was in a smaller location. And then we now have the kind of the mega store there, but we did have the two locations that was going, but Atlas as a whole, we had about eight or nine other locations that did the construction side of it too. So those were also shut down. It was definitely a scary thing there for that time period, like what is going on and we can't open up and yeah. what are we going to do? And it really, I think it, it, it got to the point to where everybody had to work harder. They had, yeah. to, had to dig in. They had to get stronger on the phone and set up appointments. And it really changed. I never thought that I would have people buying hot tubs and swim spas from the seat of their couch mm-hmm. while we do a virtual appointment with them and show them all the features and benefits yeah. of the product. There are some people that never seen it. They just bought it over you know, the phone or virtual appointment and we would deliver it to them and they would come out and start using it in their backyard yeah. when everything was shut down. What are some things that you had to start doing during the pandemic that you guys, that you're still doing? Are you still doing some virtual appointments and that kind of stuff? Or is that pretty much all gone at this point? We haven't had to do those type of presentations because people really want to come and view the product in person right. yeah. and try it out, different things like that. I think the phone game and following up with leads is always very crucial as it gets more and more competitive out there. Yeah. We have a, a lot of great competitors right in our market space. You, you know do have I mean? some good, so, you do have some good dealers in your area. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's, our biggest thing is we're such a small industry. We want to make sure that everybody's taking care of their customers, whether they buy it from us or they buy it from one of our competitors. We want it taken care of. Yeah. We've got more and more. You Just like you said, there's people that are trying to start up and, and do things and We've got other people that are trying to come in and start doing these events also that don't have a local presence and they'll sell some product and then not take care of customers. And then people are thinking that's all the local competitors. That's all of us. And we have to say, no, that's somebody different. So when I started the industry back in 2008, the whole road show thing was, a, you know, that was a thing. And it was that, you know, think people weren't happy about it. It was kind of, they talked about the fly by night and the used car salesman techniques and yada, yada. And then that kind of went away there for a while. It felt like the recession weeded all of those guys out. And so I stopped hearing about that as being a thing. And now it's coming back again. I feel like it started a little bit before the pandemic and then it kind of accelerated during that time. But it's very strange how these business models, shall we say, kind of cycle through being in fashion and then out of fashion. That's kind of how we really got into doing so many events was there were a few companies that were coming in selling spas and then they weren't servicing their customers. 
And so I went into these different venues and said, hey, we'll do these shows if you keep those, you know, we, we want local people here. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't have a problem with any of my local competitors. They're going to take care of their customers. We just don't want people that don't have local businesses to do these events, sell product, and then disappear. So we started actively going and doing these different events and sharing with people that we are local. And it became a a, a very good business model for us. Obviously, it's very, very expensive to do those events. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't so good. Yeah, which is why I still want to circle back and ask you about that event that got shut down because they are so expensive. I cannot imagine being in the middle of the one and then told you have to stop. That is a... That is not great. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a definitely a gut punch. That oh, was a brutal yikes. for sure. Not very fun. And then, when, then when you find out you've got to shut down stores and everything, you're wondering what's going to happen and how are all your people going to be able to survive and pay for the things they need for their families. And then mm-hmm. just by the grace of God, we were one of the ones that were lucky to keep open so that we could sell the supplies and everything. And then mm-hmm. it all just turned around. Today's modern hot tubs not only have to be quiet and efficient, they have to be easily serviced. There's been a lot of changes over the years. In the beginning, spas just had a few jets. Everything was held together by wood and foam. Max Spas is really proud of how far its spas have come. The most important thing that it's learned is that it's all about how it's built. Max has designed its spas so that a technician can maintain them like any other home appliance to make sure they work the same way they did the day they were made. That's what Max is most proud of. To learn more, visit maxspas.com. It's really cool talking to people about that time period too, because the things that we did as an industry overnight to survive is pretty remarkable, whether it was setting up like online stores or buy online, pick up in store, like whatever it was during that time period, it was really remarkable and every single business did had some kind of pivot like that where it's okay today we're doing business this way tomorrow we're doing it this way and we're going to do it because we're not going anywhere just that grit to stick with it and make it happen and just plow through the pain is <laughs> really remarkable yeah and the ones that didn't they're not around anymore unfortunately there was a yeah. ton of businesses that closed down and they weren't able to weather the storm mm-hmm. and Similar to, you said you got in the business in the industry back in 2008. That's when the recession was back then. I remember that. That was a tough period also, 2008, 2009. Don't count out the hot tub industry, right? We've, we've hung in there through some through some tough stuff for sure. People talk about hot tubs being a luxury product, which I would argue for a lot of people, they're a necessity and not a luxury I but agree. you know that's yeah. the that's the category that they they put us in as a luxury product and it's it's like well you know that's going to dive when this happens or that happens we hang in there it's a uh, um you know it becomes an important part of people's lives and not something that they're willing to let go of growing up i've told the story several times if i would have thought that i was going to be a hot tub salesperson for a career i never would have thought of that when i was younger yeah, None of us grow- thought we were going to be in the hot tub industry. Yeah. You grow up and you go out there and you start telling people, they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? You're like, oh, I sell hot tubs and swim spots. And they're like, good for you. When you grow up, what do you plan on doing? You're mm-hmm. like, no, this this is, been doing it for 21 years. Pretty happy. Try telling them that you write a magazine for hot tubs and swim spots. Then they're really like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, it was always, you, you get the 
the customers. Obviously, you hear about complaints and things like that, but the good stories and how it's changed people's lives and uh, allowing them to sleep better and mm -hmm. be able to relax and just the joy also of us going in and installing a new hot tub or swim spa. And then maybe we're doing a, a deck project or we're doing a cover when the finished product is done and just seeing the customer's eyes light up. That, that's a great feeling. I think we as an industry have gotten really good at selling the wellness benefits of hot tubs, right? I think pretty much all of us are on board with that at this point. And if you're not, you're missing out. I think what we're not great about is telling those stories, right? As an industry, I think individual dealers and individual manufacturers are good at promoting those things. But I just feel like as an industry, we're missing out on sharing those life-changing stories more regularly and saying, no, this is really what this has done for this person and how it changed their lives. Anyway, just I feel like that's something that we should get a little bit better at, maybe something that as a company, I should get better at. <laughs> that, that's one of the things that Willie had on his heart. And we he's actually been going and interviewing customers and talking about those things right there. We had one lady that had breast cancer and she is in her swim spa all the time and she just loves it. She said it really changed her life. And it was a really neat story that Willie put on with her. See, look, like I said, the local retailers are much better at doing it. We just need those yeah. stories to go viral. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that you guys are making that a part of what you do. And I think that's the thing that throws people is like a lot of times once you install the hot tub, okay, we're done, right? Now we leave that customer alone to enjoy their hot tub. And so it's going back after the fact and saying, tell me your story. That part gets a little, I think, awkward and people aren't really ready to do that. But that's really awesome that you are working on that, Willie. Yeah, I don't approach it necessarily as a thinking upfront that this is a, a great sales tool. It ends up being a really good sales tool because the, like the, this customer that he's talking about, she had a, I think it was a quadruple bypass surgery and she had multiple things. Her story is pretty incredible what she had to go through and why she ended up getting this swim spa and how she swims in it every day. It was a very positive testimonial. She was a huge fan of her swim spa and she said she would tell everybody that she knows you need yeah. to get a swim spa yeah. and, and being able to show that to a customer that maybe is dealing with a similar health issue. It's one thing for a salesperson to say, you need this. It can fix your problem. Yes. Yes. But to hear it directly from the customer's mouth who has all these issues, who is overcoming these things by using a swim spa, it's a pretty powerful tool. Um, Absolutely. So. Something that I tell our team all the time is we are looking for dealers who are doing great things to tell other dealers about, right? If you see someone doing it, you're like, oh, okay, this actually works. And it's the same thing with our customers too, right? When you see, oh, this actually worked for them. This is actually a real thing, not just a sales pitch and not just not looking at statistics or scientific reports. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> You've only had the Waco store open for a week. From an operations standpoint, how do you envision that going, being so spread out? So running the store is one thing, but then you also have like deliveries and service and all of that stuff that you've got to take care of across a ginormous state. How are you anticipating handling all of that? It always comes down to just having the right people in the right spot, right? I've been pretty blessed. I've got a great team. And then it allows as we grow, then we're able to raise up people. 
and to put them into a leadership positions. And then we just continue to hire more people. That's the hardest part is finding good people that want to work, that are dedicated. And we've been pretty fortunate with the crew that we have. So anytime we open up a new location, we always make sure that we've got service and delivery already set up. That's one of the first things. And then everything else falls into place. So are you thinking any more expansions across the state of Texas? Tis the season. Yeah, we're going to be opening up a couple other locations. Oh, that's very exciting. You know, we had the the COVID boom and things have obviously slowed down, but still rocking and rolling for you guys this year, still doing all right. (laughs) I I think you you definitely, we're, we're getting back to where we have to work harder. Yeah. You got to be more diligent with what you're doing. We're definitely not drinking from the COVID fire hose anymore. Yeah. So yeah. now it's back down to a garden hose. Yeah. So, do you uh, do you find yourself having to do a lot more coaching with your team in that regard? I don't want to say like people got lazy, but yeah, it was just a different way of of doing things and now like you said you have to work harder, you have to be more diligent. Do you find that they get discouraged faster? There's always a level of that for sure. So yeah. again, we, we've got a pretty, I've been pretty fortunate with a great team that I've had for uh, a long time and being able to have the same people day in, week out, everything like that, we're able to expect more out of them. Mm-hmm. So coaching and training is always something that is a constant and that's always involving, but sure. Yeah. People get discouraged and you don't have just everybody in a running in to buy a hot tub and a swim spa nowadays. So you got to work yeah. a little harder, make sure you're following up with, with your leads and everything. And yeah, keep everybody motivated. That's where it's at. You're lucky that you had a kind of a good team in place. I think the people who had to hire salespeople in the middle, and maybe I'm sure you had to hire some people too, but the people who came in the middle of the pandemic and just had no idea what it was like to really sell hot tubs. I think for those people, it's probably really tough to be like, I thought I had the best job in the world and now I actually have to do some work. <laughs> yeah. That's if you started in that time period where everything was, yeah, it, it would be definitely a, a shock at this point. So. Yeah. Yeah. For I don't sure. think we fell off as much as what we're hearing over the, overall for the industry. What are you hearing, Megan, overall for the industry? Oh, it depends on who you talk to and on what day. Um, we all like to think that we're very logical and are doing things by the numbers. But for a lot of business owners, it's really like, how do I feel that day about what happened that day? <laughs> it's a little bit of a mixed bag. A lot of the retailers I talk to are still doing really well. I think they had a lot of product on hand that they'd already paid for. And so they're just selling through that stuff and it's and it's gravy. And then when you talk to like OEMs, it's a little bit of a different story because they are definitely not getting the orders that they had hoped for for this year. But again, it depends on who you talk to. Every brand is different. Every dealership is different. Every area is different. The entire industry is clearly down from pandemic numbers. It seems like most people are pretty much on par with 2019, which at the time everyone was pretty excited about. Yeah. Yeah. 2019 was was nice until all the other. Oh my goodness. How do we keep maintaining the the 2020, 2021 numbers? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's always hard to see anything go down. Right. But I think if you're, you know, looking over and you guys have been doing this for a long time. So you look over the trends of like year over year and it's, and things start to feel a little bit more okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just the day-to-day stuff. It's from the A to Z. And so we're continuing to grow. We're just being steady and 
mathematically putting everything together and trying to do it yeah. the smart place as best we can. It's interesting too, because back in 2019, as I talked to dealers about growth and what they saw as the future of their company, a lot of them were like, we've maxed out what we're going to sell from these locations. And so their next growth had to be expanding. And I think we've started to see that again, where I'm hearing a lot more dealers expanding and growing and adding new territories and locations. That's going to be the interesting thing to watch, I think, over the next couple of years, especially as we start to see this sort of generational switch and more of the founders of these companies retire and sell. And so some of the big guys will keep on getting bigger. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting thing to watch over the next five years in our industry. Well, are you guys ready to ask, uh, answer the Spa Retailer 5? Sure. All right. I make everyone answer the same questions. I'm going to make both of you answer. <laughs> Do you remember your very first hot tub sale? Do you remember what it was, who it was to? Do you remember any of those details? Wow. <laughs> I guess that was, that was quite a few years ago. Like I said, I've been doing it for... I don't know. I keep saying 21 years, but it's probably been maybe a, a couple more years after yeah. that. When I first got into the industry, I went to, it was a home and garden show in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. Back then the home and garden shows were pretty large. So there yep. were quite a few competitors at that event. Man, they used and, to be the thing. Like I remember as a kid yeah. going to the home and garden show and like checking out RVs that we were never going to buy. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So I think at that, there was, man, there was probably five or six competitors at, a, at this home and garden show and everybody's got a massive display. Mm -hmm. And I went in there to, to uh, check out joining up with uh, this company and they were overwhelmed. So they just threw me to the wolves. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, I really didn't even know how to spell the word spa, let alone everything there was and ended up just having fun with a customer and talking to them about the idea of owning a hot tub. I'd sat in many hot tubs. I'd never mm -hmm. owned one at that point. Yeah. And just, I remember telling them that I didn't have all the answers, but I would help get somebody to help them out. And uh, yeah, it was nice. The industry that I came from was more uh, building the dream and you really didn't have the tangible product in front of you. So it was mm -hmm. nice to have a tangible product where people could look at, touch, sit in, feel the water, everything else. And uh, I just... We had a great event and I was like, I'm hooked. I, I love the idea of this. Everybody loves a hot tub. Yeah. Everybody sharing all these experiences of how they've been in them before and when they go on vacation and everybody would like that. And then it would just come down to really money. So it was, I just remember it being really fun and energetic. And that's pretty much has been like that my whole career. That's what I love about. Yeah. I don't really consider this a, a job. You, you have tough days for sure dealing with the uh, public and trying to manage customer expectations. But in the end, we're selling a great product and we're selling fun. Right. And it just, it just becomes fun. Uh, Willie, do you remember your first hot tub sale? I never sold the hot tub. So <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I actually, so I, I did a little sales when I first uh, started at the company, right. um, yeah. but it was with the storage buildings. But even then, I am not a salesperson. I get paralyzed in front of people. Tim I is a great understand. salesperson. I, I look up to people like Tim. I am not, <laughs> I am not that. No, I, I never did hot tub sales. Yeah, no, that was one of the hardest things for me going from being an employee to a business owner is having to do sales. And even to this day, 
I'm great at talking to people, great at get, getting to know people, but actually asking them to buy something, I'm terrible at. <laughs> we can have a three-hour conversation, and then I'll go home and be like, I never asked them to buy anything from <laughs> yeah. me, so that was great. <laughs> what was your What was your first real job? We're just going to keep going in order, so I'm going to, Tim, I'm going to make you go first. Oh, okay. What was my first real job? First real job, yeah. <laughs> wow. So as a kid... I guess I was a bus boy at a okay. restaurant when I was probably 14. Yeah. And I went from that to working at a, at a place called Blue Beacon Truck Wash. I think they've got them all over the oh. nation, but you're washing these big semi trucks that okay. bring in. That was my difficult labor intensive stuff. And then I got into sales from there. Okay. So I was in the uh, travel club and timeshare industry for oh. um, quite some time. So um, I went from that into hot tubs. Okay. So. Yeah. Hot tubs would be better than that. Yes. For sure. For sure. Uh, maybe one of my worst experiences as a customer <laughs> was sitting in one of those presentations. It so was anytime, anytime awful. I mention that, Megan, that's what I hear. Oh. I'm like, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Willie, what was your first real job? Was it at Atlas? I would say my first real job was while I was in high school, I worked for uh, Texas Roadhouse. So okay, I yep. guess that counts as a first real job. Oh, I, no, yeah. it does. That was bust, a W-2 uh, table, paying so. job. You actually had <laughs> yeah. hours and had to pay taxes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. all right. That was a good, that's a good first job. Um, so do you have a worst product or idea or something that you tried in the business, this business or anything else? that just flopped. Wow. I know that's a, that can be a tough one that, to think of. That, that is a, <laughs> that is a tough one. Maybe having an event when the pandemic started and having to close it in the middle of it, that by no fault of your own, that was, yeah, that, that, was, def that, was definitely, that was definitely a flop, but that wasn't, <laughs> uh, the business model wasn't broken. Let's say that. Right, right, so, right. I think with, with products, you know, you always try new things. I hate to say something because then other companies actually sell it and probably do a good job. No, funny. that's actually one of the interesting things about doing this is that <laughs> you'll talk to someone and they're like, you know what? We brought in fire pits and it was terrible. For some reason, we could never sell a fire pit, which of course, you know, the guy two states over is, man, we sell a million fire pits a year. Yeah, okay. It's across the board. <laughs> so for us, I would say... Barbecue islands and yeah. patio furniture was difficult. So patio furniture, man, that's patio furniture is a tough business. Yeah. So yeah. those two things right there. Not that that you can't sell it and do a good job at it. It's just we are in the hot tub business. I tell you what, delivering a barbecue island, those things are difficult to deliver and get it in the spot where they need to be without breaking that sucker. Interesting. Um, We've got yeah. equipment and things that we use for hot tubs that make it easy. We really didn't find that for that was just straight brute force. They don't have any don't have any spa dollies for barbecue islands. <laughs> not, not, not. We tried to use our spa dollies, but it was a little more difficult. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that makes sense. And those are those are two products that I have. All I have. You're not the first, and will not be the last one to be like, yeah, those were not for us. <laughs> yeah. Willie, can you think of any to add to that? Or is that a pretty good, is that a pretty concise list? <laughs> That's actually what came to mind when you asked the question were the grills. I know that we had various iterations of those, like of the the fire pits and things that different versions of those over the years, but yeah. they 
never did do that great. Yeah. I I think one of my favorite things is when I talk to businesses about that and they're like, yeah, I got all my friends have one now and they, they love them, but I couldn't (laughs) sell them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So how about a, a best product or idea game changer that you tried that maybe performed better than you expected? Okay. I would have to say that swim spas were definitely a game changer for us. Yeah. Master spas has always been on the leading edge on those two with just the innovation that they've done and the design with the swim spas that really carried us through a lot of those years when we were having problems, say like 2008, 2009, when Mm -hmm. the recession was hitting, being able to offer the swim spa line just really kept us above where we needed to be. Right. So that was, that was a neat addition um, to what we were doing. And I think that was our saving grace back in the day. Yeah. And Master Spas probably doesn't get enough credit for what they've done for the swim spa market in particular. They weren't necessarily the first, but I feel like they have done so much on the marketing side and with Michael Phelps and all of that to really grow that segment for the whole industry. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, it was real. It was really neat. I remember the first time when they came out with them and we were actually selling a different line of swim spas. Mm -hmm. And when they finally announced that they were going to start doing swim spas, everybody was really energized and excited and it just took off. It was really good. Now it's hard to find a company that doesn't make swim spas, right? I think, I think I'm not sure I can think of an OEM that doesn't have a swim spa line at this point anymore. Yep. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but now I'm going to have to think about it. That'll be what I ponder when we get off this call. (laughs) My last question, and then you guys are, you're off the hook. Do you have a favorite book or TV show, podcast, something that you like to do or listen to in your off time, either just to totally relax or to maybe learn more about the business? Willie, why don't you go first on that? He he, he Ah. does all kinds Uh. Well, uh, you know, I used to be really good about listening to podcasts, nothing industry related, but uh, then I've kind what? of fallen off. I don't know, no spa retailer podcast. I'm, I'm just, I've, I'm crushed. I, I need to add, I need to add that one. I'll add that one to my I'm, list. I'm, I'm teasing you. <laughs> but uh, I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon a little bit. I used to do a lot more driving than I do now. So I yeah. tend to not listen to them as much as I used to. But I will say at the time... I really enjoyed listening to a lot of the Michael Hyatt podcasts. He had several going. Okay. He's written a lot of business books. He has some really good podcasts that I've always enjoyed. He'll interview guests. And anyway, it's a, it's a really good business podcast. Uh, yeah. And then I know another one that I've really enjoyed over the years is the is Donald Miller's podcast as well. So okay. he's the one that has the story brand yes. book. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, man, I need to read that book. Everyone talks about it. I'm kind of embarrassed I haven't. Yeah, it definitely should. It's great. Put it on on my list. All right, Tim, how about you? For me, I would say, so when you talked about when it gets tougher and motivating the crew and trying to get everybody to keep stay positive, I really enjoy listening to Tony Robbins. A lot of his information stuff that he has out there. Yeah. I get, you can't help but to get pumped up after you're listening to him yeah grant cardone has a lot of good motivational stuff out there also so i think if i'm looking to try to get myself pumped up and motivated those would be two 
of my go-to so that I would, yeah. that I would listen to. Yeah. I, man, I cannot get into Grant Cardone. I've tried. And I think maybe I tried it at the wrong time in my life. <laughs> but also part of me is, does that just prove that I'm not a salesperson at heart? If I don't, if I don't like Grant Cardone. <laughs> you, you got, no, he's a little intense. Willie's not a big fan of him either there. All right. He, all right. Definitely He's definitely intense. You, you've got to really sift through some of the stuff. That's um, true for anything, right? Yeah. He's definitely confident and he's got a good track record for success yeah. in what he does. Yeah. But they're the premise and the little nuggets. That's what I look for. I look right. for little nuggets of, of these different people that I can grab onto and then share with my group to mm -hmm. help lift them up. Yeah. And I, I think there's there's a lot of people out there that you can get little nuggets from to better yourself and better the people that are around you for sure. Yeah. So just because you might not agree with everything that he says or talks about, or you can usually get something good from just about anybody. Yeah. In my no, that I completely agree with. Yeah. I feel like whenever you fall into that, like all or nothing mentality, when it comes to systems or people getting you on their, whatever they do, that's when you get into trouble. But yeah, if you have the mindset of taking the good and sifting through the other stuff, you're usually doing all right. So there's actually somebody in the industry who used to work for Tony Robbins, which is interesting. So really? maybe we'll get him on the podcast to talk about that sometime. So I tell you, he's again, it's very motivational. I've went to uh, a couple of the seminars and you can't help but to leave that place mm -hmm. not feeling really energized and jazzed up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for giving me so much time. And I cannot wait to see the pictures of your new big showroom. So awesome. We're glad to, glad to be on here. Thanks, Megan. All right. Yes. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa Thanks for listening.